0: Friends, good morning and Merry Christmas to you. I gotta tell you before we get started, man, this is just awesome, is it not? I mean, to come together 2,000 years later, celebrate the birth of Jesus, this is an incredible, incredible morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 23 this morning. I have titled this message, A Kerbobbled Christmas. Now, I should say, say from the jump that that's not a real word, I've come to find out. But it is from probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time, the Grinch, Jim Carrey version. Anybody else? Good, three of you. All right, good. So there's this line in there. Cindy Lou is, she's gone shopping with her dad, and, man, everybody is just, like, super pumped about going and getting the stuff and rushing from thing to thing, Right? And at that same time, her, her mom is out there stealing whatever light bulbs she can find. Man, she's going to make the best light display of all time. And Cindy Lou's dad says to Cindy Lou, she, he says, isn't Christmas just amazing? And her response I found so interesting. She says, I, I guess so. I just look around at you and mom and everyone getting a bit kerbobbled. Doesn't this all seem a bit superfluous? Now, that's quite a vocabulary for a seven-year-old girl. But isn't she right? I mean, if we're not careful, we get things so out of whack this time of year, especially. I mean, the going in, the going out, all the different things that we've got to do, we can get it all very kerbobbled. Isn't it true that the enemy is working overtime to get us to not really see the reality, the truth of why we celebrate Christmas Day? Especially this time of year. Cindy Lou's mother, man, she was, she was determined that she was going to have the best light display. And people were going to say that she had the best light display. And Cindy Lou's dad, man, she had to make sure that, you know, everybody got what they wanted. Every, everything came on time. And so what happens is, there's a subtle shift from things being about reality to really being about perception this time of year. I want people to see that I've got a good light display, man. You know, I, I want people to see. I mean, if if I don't have a good wreath on the door, people might think I'm pagan, so I gotta make sure I got that wreath on there, you know. Or like with the gifts, I mean, I gotta make sure, you know, not just that it's a great gift, but I also have to have great wrapping paper and a great bow tied on there and all these things, and things have to look really good. And before you know it. It's less about the reality of the great thing about giving and more about how people perceive you. Or things like activities, man, you got family activities going on and you go from thing to thing to thing, and before you know it, you're just stressed. You're just stressed about it. Or even things like this morning, it's Christmas Eve service. What do I wear? Because it's like a Christmas Eve st- service, but it's not really like a Christmas Eve evening service. But it's also not a regular Sunday morning service, so what do I wear? And I don't want to like look, you know, not right. And the answer obviously is to wear a reindeer sweater. <laughs> that's the answer, right, David Jarrett? He's giving me a hard time all morning about that. But it can quickly become about perception, not reality. And that's the point here. And that's what the enemy likes to do. And in fact, Jesus speaks to this mentality in Matthew twenty three. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, man, they are all about making things look good on the outside. You know, they they create all these laws and things for people and, and it just weighs them down. I mean, instead of like actually focusing on coming to God, the one who has righteousness, when we don't, we start to try to make things look like they're good. And Jesus is saying in Matthew 23, that's creating heavy, heavy loads on people. Because if if religious people asked for me to look righteous, that's going to be heavy because there just isn't any in there. And so for me, man, what a liberating thing to look at Matthew 23 when Jesus is saying, hey, let perception go and focus on reality. Because that's where you can actually experience him. Matthew 23 Starting in verse five it says every man everything the Pharisees do, they, they do everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. Now phylacteries were these things that the Pharisees would wear on their arms it, to show scriptures. they to show that man they 're serious about the scriptures, so what they would do is they 'd start by putting you know, a small one on there, but but they wanted to look more righteous so they'd get bigger and bigger and bigger phylacteries to show everybody, man, I'm really in the scriptures. Look at the phylacteries that I'm wearing. So it quickly became less about actually being somebody who is in the scriptures and more about people perceiving you as though you are in the scriptures. And this was a habit of the Pharisees, by the way. Man, when they would give to the poor, they'd blow trumpets so that everybody could see their good deeds. And it became more about people perceiving them as somebody who gives to the poor instead of the genuineness of just giving to the poor. Or when they'd fast, man, they'd look all gloomy and stuff so that you would know that they were fasting. Or when they would pray, they would wait till the most highly trafficked times so people are going by and they see that they're praying. And, and what Jesus is saying here is you're, you're putting heavy burdens on people, man. Because what happens is If you didn't blow your trumpet for a while, they would say, what's wrong with so-and-so? Do they not care about the poor? I haven't heard them blow their trumpet in a while. Or, I don't see them on the street corner praying anymore. What's going on? Do they even talk to God anymore? I mean, what is happening here, right? So all this heaviness comes about on them. Because not only does it have to be a reality, it has to be a perception too. And that's the issue here. Verse 6, they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you're all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he's in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Essentially what he's saying here is die to perception and embrace reality. Die to perception and embrace reality. And how hard is that right now during this time? Isn't it? I mean, isn't it so hard to just embrace the reality of what is true? Because what happens is the reason it's a heavy load right now is because when it's about perception, then you think you can actually manage the perception. Right? I mean, I can make you think certain things are true about me. I got control then. I can make you think those things. But whenever I get deeper, beyond superficial, then I start to recognize the problems within me that are so deep, I can't manage those. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a hopeless feeling if we don't look to the one who can actually manage the solution to that problem. And that's why there's these cumbersome loads, man. They're saying, you're never going to look to Jesus if you think that you can manage the perception If you can make people think a certain thing about you, so very important. Verse 25, skip down. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like Whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. See, this is one of the most important passages, I think, of our time. And if we're not careful, what we take away from this message is we say, you know, it's not really about the outside, really fix what's on the inside. But even that misses it. Because what we do is whenever we ditch perception and embrace reality, we see what the reality is. And the reality is that we simply cannot fix the issues that are on the inside. And so we come to Jesus. We point to Jesus at that time. That's so very important for us. He says, "Whitewash tombs. Now, my dad who's here, he can fix just about anything. I mean, really. In fact, I, I encourage you to challenge him to fix something. Hey, I got something going on. Can you fix it? He's about to retire, so he's going to have some time. I mean, you know. (laughs) But I've never seen him fix a tomb. (laughs) I mean, a deceased body is unfixable. That's what Jesus is saying here. You can try to make it look good. You can try to do all these different things, but what we really need is for our bodies to be given life, to be revived or Better stated than revived is to be given a new life, which only comes through him. We can try to get everything right, and we can look in, we can try to find all the answers and things, but we will just never find it within ourselves. And that's why when it's about perception, it's easier, man. It's so much easier, isn't it? Because we can just manage it. But when we look deeper and we see our need for a savior, that requires some humility, does it not? Requires us to say, Yeah, yeah, there are issues that are so far beyond what I can get you to perceive as good in my life. I mean the reality is that there's a hypocrisy here whenever I try to make it about perception. Because I can get you to perceive something about me, but the reality is inside I got some deep, deep stuff going on that's just not good. And that's the whole purpose of Jesus. Matthew one twenty-one, it says this: She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Not give people the opportunity to save themselves when they look deep within themselves, but to actually save them from their sins. So I guess the question is today, do we know that our problems are on the inside and cannot be fixed by us at all and cannot be covered up? by just making us look good. Man, we can we can do it this time of year. I am I am the king at like the decorations, man. You know, I can I can make you think that I'm just like really in the true genuine spirit of Christmas because I got lights for days inside, man. But that doesn't really speak to what's going on deep within us, does it? I mean, we've got to be focused on the reality here. And all I know, is when we remove the superfluous fluff, we get to the realization that life was born 2,000 years ago. I mean, the, the search for peace, the search for joy and hope and, and love and all these things. I mean, he came 2,000 years ago. And so my encouragement is, let's remove the superfluous fluff. As we go the next couple of days, focus on the genuine reality of Christ making his entrance into the world. And maybe we'll be like that woman at the well. She'd been wondering all her life, man, how do I get in good with God? How do I do that? I mean, my ancestors said i got, I got to go to the mountains, and the Jews are saying i got to go to the temple, and I just, man, I'm so heavy, I'm so burdened right now, I just, I don't know what to do, tell me. And Jesus says, the time is coming. Actually, no, no, no it's come now where you will worship in spirit and in truth. It is about the reality and not what religious leaders or anybody else is telling you that you have to do that weighs you down. As we close, we're going to look at Oh uh, Holy Night, probably my favorite song of all time. I'm going to read a couple of the lines here. It says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Y'all, the good news. I mean, remove everything else, the perceptions, everything else. This is our reality, that there is a new and glorious morn with the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's such good news. That will cause great joy for all people. Let's pray together. Father. Uh, We're so thankful for the truth of that. Like, help us just like Cindy Lou wanted, man. She just wanted to remove the superfluous fluff. She just wanted to remove it. I pray that you'll help us to remove that right now and just focus on the reality of the fact that you've come into the world, man. We can can embrace that truth right now in this moment. And we're so thankful that that we actually can do that. You've made a way for us to do that. Father, if there's anything that we need to give to you, I pray, Holy Spirit, just saturate our hearts, convict our hearts where we need it. Help us to see you as the good news you are and focus on that reality, not the perception of others. We love you very, very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing that song, Dallas.